following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Welcome to Him for Her Radio. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him Prison Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Shug Burry. If you say what you want to say This is Him for Her Radio, Women's Hot Topics. I've got my co-host, sidekick with me, Reagan Kramer. Reagan, hello. So fun to be here, Shug. I'm so glad you're here. You know, I got to tell you, this is a hot topic we got today. When you come to Him for Her Radio on Facebook or himprisonministries.org online, you can post your topic ideas and your thoughts I want to hear your struggles. I want to hear your victories. And we'll do our part and bring that to discussion. Uh, Sarah Borelli's in the beginning sings, I want you to be brave. Just let the words fall out. And we are going to do that today. Today's hot topic is how to persevere through adoption. Yes, you heard me. How to persevere through adoption. Jenny Coughlin is our guest who has lived the difficult struggles of the adoption process. But before we get to that, Reagan, would you share a little bit about Jenny? You guys served together in many capacities. I would love to, Jenny. It's so fun to be with you here. And I serve with Jenny at Bible Study Fellowship, and she is a teaching leader through Bible Study Fellowship. And what I love most about Jenny is she's just a wise, godly woman. And the joy that emanates from you every day is just more like Jesus. So it's so exciting to be here with you. Jenny um, is married to Bob, and this man still makes her heart skip a beat, which is a beautiful thing. She's a mom of five kids, ages 14 to 21, and she has had the privilege of teaching um, the Bible to women for the past 10 years. Right now, she's at BSF Bible Study Fellowship in Eden Prairie. Um, and you can find Jenny cheering on her kids from the sidelines. They're a big sports family um, at the gym for a spin or bar class or out for a walk with her sweet husband, Bob, and her dog. And nothing fills Jenny's heart more than when all of her kids are home together. Love that. Mm. So, Jenny, we said, you know, you have five kids and their ages are 14 through 21. But give us a little bit more of the specifics on the ages and how many are adopted. Well, thanks for having me today. I'm happy to be here. And I have, yes, five kids. The oldest is 21. I have a 20-year-old, I have an almost 18-year-old, and then I have a 16-year-old and a 14-year-old. And Mm. it's my last two that are adopted. They're adopted from Haiti. Mm. So my first three are biological. Mm. You know, how can that be? I'm looking at you. You're just a babe. I mean, what pill are you taking? I mean, you just look (laughs) awesome for that many kids. I love it. I love it. And you said the last two are adopted. How did you decide to adopt? Boy, that's a that's a fun story. Uh, we had the three kids really close together. They were, you know, the, the oldest was not even three when all three of them were born. So in less than three years. And my husband at that time was like, we are done having babies, Jenny. And my, so the first two are boys 
The next one is a girl, and I grew up with sisters, and I could not imagine her not having sisters growing up. So, of course, I did what all good wives would do. I prayed that God would change his heart. And so I went about that prayer and no, wait through a minute. it. You didn't bang him over the head or try to persuade him or bribe him? What did you say worked? <laughs> yeah, praying that God would change his heart. Oh, that's a new approach. But God did something different. He changed. He affected my heart. He There was a conviction like, Jenny, you need to be grateful for what God has given you. And so I started praying for contentment. Mm. If this is what Bob wanted, then I needed I needed God to give me a contentment with the family that I that I had. So I started to pray for that. And over a, a period of weeks, I started to look at my family and started to envision these kids and my daughter as my best friend later on in life. And I was I came to that place of sweet contentment. And you know, this is how God often works in my life. He waits until I'm at that point for him to show me his plans. Because my my plans are all about my desires, and they muddle up what he's trying to do. I can't see his plan for me. Mm-hmm. So at that point, um, I happened to read this magazine article. And it was about a woman who had three biological children, and she adopted three boys from Haiti. Now, I've heard a lot of adoption stories. There is nothing, if you knew some of the, the backstory, there was nothing in me that ever wanted to adopt. In fact, back when we dated, my husband made a comment once, like, wouldn't it be cool to be foster parents or adopt those kids that are older? And I was like, um, no. <laughs> God would have to do a number on my heart. And I was I was drawing from experience um, that was really uneducated. You know, it was based on maybe looking at a few families that in my mind, I thought, Ooh, that's a little messed up. That is trouble. That is not something I am interested in. But that, that phrase, God would have to do a number on my heart, like went deep in me. Hmm. And so here I am reading this magazine article and I'm thinking, wow, what is it about this? I can't stop thinking about this. And so Bob and I are on a vacation. I grabbed this magazine article. We happened to be driving on the road, and I said, can I just read something to you? I read him this article, and I said, Bobby, I could do that. And he he said, I would do that in a heartbeat. And I was like, wait, I thought we were done having kids. And he goes, yeah, I'm done having babies. Jenny, I would adopt older kids. And so literally that day, there was this decision made. But then honestly, there was about a year and a half of praying Mm. because I needed to know it was not just... Uh, an emotional decision. Mm-hmm. I needed to know it was God leading me, and so that that was a that's a whole other journey about me and God in prayer. Well, just mm-hmm. to have your husband even be willing. Mm-hmm. Look at what the Holy Spirit does. You start to pray, and you know God's will be done. That heart started to get softened. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, why international adoption? Mm-hmm. You know. It was really this article. We didn't know much about adoption. Our heart, it was not even so much um, adoption. It was adopt from Haiti. That was super clear for us. And so uh, we learned a lot about adoption, international and domestic. And in the process, uh, we had, when we were going through it, um, you know, God just continued to confirm that and in different ways made Haiti really the country that I think he was leading us to. So, you know, now that you say Haiti, isn't that the place you went to, Reagan? Mm-hmm. I've been to Haiti many times. Can you just give us 30 seconds of what you did there and what happened while you were there? Well, Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, and um, it it is still the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. But in 2010, I was there um, collating a mission trip, and I was there during 
the earthquake that happened um, that kind of shook the world and definitely shook Haiti. And there was many deaths, but we saw God move in a mighty, mighty way. So that's near and dear to my heart. Mm. So you got to see those sweet little kids over there mm-hmm. that they adopted from. Good. You know, I know that you said it was a tragic experience, but then you saw the hand of God uh, moving in that process. And so let me ask you, Jenny, what was this adoption process like for you? Because I've talked to a lot of women who have waited, 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 mm-hmm. or maybe they've gotten tangled up in the wrong organization and they weren't on the up and up. Can you just share a little bit about the process and how you went about it? Yes, I, I'll tell you what it is. The, the way to describe an adoption process pr- for probably everybody is it is a roller coaster ride. It is. There are highs, there are lows, there are turns that are unexpected, um, but it is a beautiful journey if you know the Lord. Because you see his hand evidently. You see it through the trials and the struggles. You three, you see it through the waiting process. For our, our, in our situation, we asked, we originally wanted to adopt two kids that were brothers and a brother and sister or, you know, sibling, a sibling group. Because we knew we wanted to adopt two kids. We thought, why not, why not give the privilege of keeping these kids together? Mm-hmm. And, um, in that process, I'll tell you what, our son, from the time we sent in our dossier, our paperwork, our son was home within maybe two years, but our daughter, it took a good five years before she was home. Mm-hmm. And so I'll, I'll tell you what, I know that story of waiting. I know that story of, you know, we along the way, we kept thinking, maybe this month, maybe mm-hmm. this month. I mean, you, you live your life for five years of maybe this month. Maybe we get the call. That's a hard it's a hard journey. Yeah, it is. If you're just listening, this is Suge Burry, host of Him for Her Radio. I've got my guest host with me, Reagan Kramer. And our guest today is Jenny Coughlin. And we're speaking about persevering through adoption. As you just mentioned about waiting, waiting, waiting. How did you guys handle it? I mean, you know, your kids. Well, let me ask you a twofold question. Your kids knew you guys were wanting to adopt your uh, the kids that were currently in your home. Um, did they accept it well? And then how did you all as a family work together in the patience of waiting? It's a great question about the other kids. You know, I'm going to back up a little bit, first of all. And it was really important for me personally to know that God called us to this. And it was not just a, an emotional decision like I mentioned earlier. And that process was this time of of praying before the Lord. But there was a part of me that was hoping God was not going to it was not going to be something God was calling us to. Mm. And the reason I say that is I, I had fear. I, I, adoption is a scary thing. There's a lot of uncertainties. There's a lot of uncontrollables. And so um, I, I specifically remember praying during that time. And there were, there were things, you know, when God speaks to you through his word, the, it, it comes in repetitive ways. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd be, I'd be singing worship songs at church and all of a sudden it would be about faith or it would be about waiting on the Lord. You know, there was the, the big song back then was I will wait upon the Lord, you know, that one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I couldn't stop but hear that. That song was for our family at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, there was scripture that for the first time I'm seeing God be the father to the fatherless, that he cared for the orphans and widows. The amount of times that I'd read through the Bible and I'd never noticed those verses, but it was like they were highlighted wow. this mm-hmm. time. But one specific time that I got down on my knees and I, I had to I had to do battle with the Lord. I said, Lord, I am afraid of a lot of things. And, and I want to be real about this this morning. You know, the truth is I... There were fears that I think a lot of moms might have, adoptive moms. What if I bring these kids home? And what if I don't love them? Mm. What if I don't love them? Or what if they never love me? 
Or what if the siblings, the biological kids and these adopted kids that are coming into the family, what if they don't love each other? I mean, these were real fears in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, these kids were coming in and they were going to be a, a different, uh, they were going to ha- have dark skin. Lord, what what does that mean for them and for the others and for our family? I mean, these are real things. And there was a profound day that I got down on my knees and I went before the Lord and I just laid down every one of those fears mm-hmm. by name, just laid him out. And I'll tell you the sweetness of the Lord to give me literally scriptures about who he is in answer to those requests. Like Mm. I am the one who will love them. Mm. I am. My love is perfect love. I am the father to the father. So he brings me to tears now. Like he is so personal. Mm -hmm. I got up off my knees that day and I said, done. We have been called Mm -hmm. and we will do this. And so that that confirmation, back to your question, was uh, was a message to our children. God has called us to this. Mm-hmm. This is what we are doing. And there was this, okay, they were excited. They were fired up. But the beautiful journey through that process is our school, the kids' school that, that, that um, they went to through elementary school, um, thankfully, they, were, they had the privilege of going to a Christian school. And their classes prayed for little baby Callie mm. to come home mm-hmm. for three years every day. Wow. Every day, my kids would mm. say, I've got a request. I want to pray for my baby sister to come home. Mm. So I'll tell you, it was a beautiful process of these kids' faith being stretched, but them going to battle in prayer and then mm. to have her come home. You know, it was it was an incredible time for our family. Remind mm. us how long it was from the time you first applied to the time she came back. Five years for Callie. Wow. Mm. And two years for Colin. His was a little smoother process. But I'll tell you what, the day that that we went to pick up our son and uh, walked into that little children's home in Haiti and I looked at him. I mean, I, I it's so hard to describe, but I knew that God had done something supernatural. And it was like the way I described it, it was like I opened up this treasure chest and there was so much more mm. to behold than I ever imagined God had in store for us in the process of adoption. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I told him, I said, son, you know, um, there was something. You came home with us that afternoon, and, and typically you just go visit them that first day. I said, you never went back. The, the connection that you had with mommy and daddy was so mm-hmm. beautiful. All I can say is that is God. That's that is good. God. How do you cling to that? Though? I mean, that, that's all you got left is to cling to that because you got to fly back to mm-hmm. America. Mm-hmm. You know, he's still in Haiti. You've got that connection. You know God's called you. You're anointed for this. I mean, there had to have been times that you were really frustrated. How did you deal with it? Well, you know, in Cullen's situation, we, we, he came home early. But Callie, yes, our, our two older boys even went down to visit her. Bob went down several mm-hmm. times because he was on the board in Haiti. And I'll tell you what, there were, there were I, I actually pulled out my journal today and went back over some of these prayers. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll tell you, it was a hard time. And, and this one particular one I looked after sharing this morning, I, I, it looks in my journal. I, I, I'm looking back and I, I said I was sharing with my husband how difficult, how, how um, overwhelmed and just heavy hearted I was about this. And I read Romans 8 in my scheduled reading for that day. And isn't that the way the Lord works in yes. our life? And in verse 24, it says, for For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. Mm -hmm. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself 
intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And I'll tell you what, that is where, that's where I was. I had no more prayers left. I didn't know what else to pray. And this was just a sweet reminder that the spirit knows with groanings that I can't even express, but my heart Mm -hmm. feels and he interceding on my behalf when I felt weary in prayer. Amen. Jenny, tell us, tell us about that day when Callie came home, you got to bring her home. I don't know if I can do that without tears. That was a, that was a day like no other. Um, I got off the plane and like I did with my, with my son, um, that process was different. I had an expectation that I would go back to the children's home and that the, the man who was uh, sort of our liaison to meet our kids would, would ask us if we wanted to go to the children's home. So that was my expectation. But he had a different surprise for us that day. I get off the plane. I see John. He's our man. He's the only white guy in the crowd, so you can find him pretty easily. And he's behind a barricade. And um, he steps out from the barricade. Oh, this one is so tender to me. And holding onto his little hand, or holding onto his big hand, was Callie. And I got down on my knees, and I put my arms outstretched for her. And she came running. She came running into my arms, and she jumped into my arms, and time stood still. That's what I would say. Time stopped, and literally, she she put her head on my chest, and she stayed there for an hour and a half. We got back in the car, and she just sat in my lap, and she rested her head on my chest. This was five years of waiting, mm-hmm. and my little girl was in my arms for the first time. Hallelujah. How do you describe it but to say that is God? Oh, <laughs> oh what I... a beautiful picture of Jesus just waiting for us mm. when we can run into his arms at any time. Isn't and that the waits, truth? And he waits and he just wants to hold on to us and mm. love us. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. What a beautiful picture. If you're just listening, this is him for her radio. I'm Shugbury, the host, and I have my co-host with me, Reagan Kramer. And as you can tell, this is a sensitive topic. You know, it's full of joys. Like uh, Jenny had said, it's a roller coaster. Jenny Coughlin is here with us. Uh, She has adopted two children through Haiti, and she's sharing the ups and downs of the roller coaster of that process. Mm -hmm. Persevering through adoption. Ladies, if you're out there and you're persevering and you're You just feel like there's not a whole lot left. Like, I can't keep hanging on. Or maybe you even had a bad experience with an organization and you wonder, should I start again? Jenny, what would be your advice to them? Well, I'll tell you what. There are... There are journeys uh, that that are full of, uh, whether it's corruption or heartbreak or, um, you know, just just really hard things that you process through with adoption. We had a lot of those along the way. Um, One in particular, when we went to the adoption agency and we originally um, knew that that we wanted to adopt from Haiti, from a particular orphanage that we had learned about, we go to this agency and we tell them, we, we, we know the place where we'd like to adopt from that very week. They had received an email about that particular orphanage in Haiti. This was before the earthquake. This is before people even, there is no program in Haiti that does adoptions. It's not like Ukraine. It's not like China. Um, and so they were actually surprised. And, and what did they learn? But the orphanage that we were looking to adopt from was, uh, there were some ethical issues mm-hmm. and they were saying, we're not going to sponsor that. And I'll tell you what, I felt like I had miscarried a child that day. Oh, our, our dreams just felt dashed. Mm-hmm. We had no other connection in Haiti. 
but it was God's protection. And we couldn't see it that day. We couldn't see that. But that's how I would explain the journey is there are things that seem to be disappointments that God's hand is very, very present. There's a purpose. There's a reason behind it. And you have to rest and wait and trust. And so really, it's a it's a time of having your faith grow in who you understand God to be. Mm-hmm. So during the process, my, my encouragement to these women would be get into his word because God reveals himself to us through the pages of scripture. So through this process, he will show himself to these women. And my challenge to them is go near to him, draw near to him, draw near in prayer, pour out your hearts to them, but open up his word and let him show himself to you. In the waiting. That is so beautiful. And again, a picture of Jesus just waiting for us. Just Mm -hmm. Um, So Jenny, how is life now with these kids? They're older. I've met them. They're beautiful. They're I love them. I mean, there's something special about all of your kids, but just how do they interact with each other now? Well, you know, it's funny. We sort of, we, we do things maybe a little differently in our, in, in the Coughlin home. We don't really use the word adopted anymore. It was mm-hmm. kind of like that was the day that that's how God chose to bring them to our family. But now they're our kids. Mm-hmm. And so the siblings are siblings. And um, the minute they walked into the door, there was a bond between all of the kids. And and I'm grateful for that. I know that that is not the story for all families. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I am grateful. Um, you know, our kids are going through different things as all teenagers do. I think the tendency as um, adoptive moms is to look at a situation and think, um, this is typical adoption, or this is what my adopted child is dealing with. And yes, there are some of those issues, but some of them are just typical teenage uh, issues that kids go through. And so I think that it's, um, you know, we need to look at our kids and we need to see them through the eyes of God doing work in their lives, mm-hmm. regardless of what their background is, where they came from, how they came into your family, and to trust that God is at work. He who began a good work mm-hmm. in them will be faithful to complete it, right? Amen. And so I am trusting that. That is that is the cry of my heart. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's where my hope lies in him, the mm-hmm. one who is the author and the perfecter of their faith. Amen. So, ladies, if you just tuned in, we're talking about adoption with Jenny Coughlin. And um, what a beautiful picture of Jesus just waiting for us with open arms that there are some children out there that are waiting to be adopted. And if God is um, calling you to that, this is a great show to listen to. But, ladies, if you have not said yes to Jesus, he is waiting for you with open arms. He's waiting for you to say yes to him, for you to run to him, for you to pour out your heart to him. And to live for him. And ladies, it's just saying, yes, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want you to be Lord of my life. I want to do what you want me to do, not what I want to do. God, I love you. And I want a new life in Christ. Amen. Isn't that a beautiful picture Jenny had shared about persevering through adoption, about how all the steps that God took them through from patience to the anointing, to knowing for sure. I love the fact that you had said, Jenny, you had prayed that your husband's heart would change. And then look what God did. I mean, now you can, it's so much easier to look back than it is to be in the middle of it, in the middle of that moment. So we're praying for the women that are out there that are in the middle of the adoption process, or maybe they're not even sure if they want to adopt. Um, I just love the steps that you shared with us. Um, and you chose to do international adoption because God put that on your heart. There's other peoples that need to be adopted as well. In prison, a lot of women are frustrated with the fact 
that their children go to foster care and some of the foster care could be improved upon or they're looking for people to adopt their babies. These women are just regretting their past and what they've done, but what they really want more than anything is for their babies to be adopted, to be brought into loving families that God has anointed, that God has called ahead of time for such a time as this. So possibly God is putting on your heart not only to adopt uh, a child, but perhaps even adopt a child from somebody whose life where they were unable to care for them any longer. And I just am trusting in the fact wholeheartedly that God calls us. He anoints us. He sets everything in place. And as we're waiting, the most important thing is for us to rest in him. Like Jenny said, get in the word, get in the Bible, look at his promises. And the best thing is that if you already have children in your family and in your life, look at the process that they could see. My mom or my dad was faithful in waiting on Jesus Christ. Jenny Coughlin, thank you for being with us on Him for Her Radio. And to my co-host, Regan Kramer, until next time, this is Sugbury, Him for Her Radio, Women's Hot Topics. (music) 